Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. And today we're going to be discussing sexual empowerment. And this is the final topic of our eight-part series we've been covering, walking you through finding partners, attracting them, connecting with them, and then establishing the types of relationships that you want. And as we've gone through this whole process, what's become apparent to us here on the show is that ethical seduction at its core is really about empowering you, the listener, to be able to go out and do the fun, sexy things that you want to do with the people whom you choose. And so sexual empowerment is not just like a buzzword, but it's something that all of us here on the show really have kind of gone through and felt and grown into. And it's made a big enough impact on all of our lives that we really wanted to share this with everybody. So for us, it's a pretty important topic. And that's one reason why we volunteer at the Mark, which is Nashville's Kinky Community Center. And it's also the reason why we've all invested our time and energy into creating this podcast. Feeling that empowerment changes lives and it spreads to those around you. And when you know that you're on this journey and growing and exploring, I think you'll appreciate it more and also see it as something fun as you kind of go through step by step and you can see the changes happening. And then also at the end of the show, I have a bunch of things that I've really kind of tried to think about that, you know, to really give listeners like value where you can like walk away and be like, what can I do? This kind of goes back to like attraction stuff. What can I do that really is a value to other people. You know, what what empowering things can I do? And if you do these things, if you're helping somebody else, if you're empowering them, you're that is going to be attractive. That is going to be sexy. People are going to like being around you. So we're going to go through that towards the end of the show, but we'll build into that because I think it's important to kind of give some background and, and kind of, you know, eat, walk ourselves up to that. So hello, I'm your host, Stephen. Joining me today are my wife, Kimberly. Hello. And Brandy. Hi. And Ava is out, I think, doing family things, if I remember. For, but she said she was going to be out today, so we're going to miss her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, Brandy and Kimberly and I, we were asked to appear as guests on the Blissful Love podcast, which is hosted by certified love and relationship coach Navi Bliss, who we had on our show. Uh, we originally found her, or I originally found her, and I really asked her to help out on the, as a guest for the Ethical Seduction, and it was podcast episode 21 on living authentically. And we really sort of hit it off with her, and so she ended up asking us to appear on her show and she's got a different type of audience. They're, they're not necessarily kinky and that thing. It's really more about like relationships and stuff. And so, you know, here we are with our kink BDSM fetish background. And she thought like this is a really good kind of almost like a side topic that would be good for people on her show to kind of hear about and listen about and learn. And so, so uh, she had us on there. And anybody who would like to listen to it, it's the Blissful Love podcast. So there's there's one podcast called Blissful Love. That's not it. You want the Blissful Love podcast. And we are the May 25th episode that is titled How to Introduce Kink into Your Relationship with Kimberly, Stephen, Ava, and Brandy from Ethical Seduction. So yeah, that's out now. Um, actually, by the time everybody hears this, it'll have been out for, I think, a week or two. So um, it's out there. And I did post about it on Instagram. So if you can't find it for some reason, go go to our Instagram. You can find a link that way. And I will also put a link in the show notes for today for anybody who wants to hear that. So yeah, we were talking really about how do you introduce it into your relationship? And that's something that even though a lot of us maybe who are on here or who are listening to it are already kind of like into the scene or have knowledge about it, it's still, there's a lot of people out there I know that are like, they're interested into it, but they're not, their partners are not necessarily. So I think, you know, this is kind of broaching stuff like that. 
So how are you all? Good. Great. It's <laughs> <laughs> like at the same time. Any, have you guys done anything? Well, Kimberly, let's go with you first. You, uh, I know you've you know done something. Why. Yeah. Because I got a puppy. Woo. Now oh I'm my third. gosh. Now I know. I'm third. As much as you talked about yeah, being second. In our, yeah, poly <laughs> family relationship, there's first Jasper the dog, and then there's Cora the puppy, and they're probably tied as like Kimberly's primaries and I'm not, I, I don't have a problem i'm not jealous i'm not mm -hmm. saying anything not i'm not all. saying that i'm jealous not at all. Well, we have a but lovely just... podcast you can listen to if you're feeling that jealousy Steve. yeah right? week's oh, yeah last week. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not jealous i'm not jealous it's good we we don't okay I, i'm almost believing you yeah so kimberly you, yeah tell us about the dog um, so I got her at the Humane Society, Nashville Humane Society, and she is now 11 weeks old, and I've had her just a little over a week, and she is a Border Collie pit mix. Now, does it feel like you've had her for a week, or does it feel like a month? Oh, my God. It's yeah. like so exhausting, so <laughs> yes. Kimberly, the other day, was like starting to lose it. You know, of like the exhaust, and like because because uh, Cora the puppy is into scat and water sports. Oh, and, interesting. You know, and not horrible, <laughs> but the biggest thing is she's also very primal with daggers in her mouth, and she just bites things. Oh, you know, she yeah. like that's yeah. the puppy thing, right? And you just run around the house, and it sort of is like having a kid and things like that. And after like maybe a week or so, I was like, I think it's getting better. What do you think, Kimberly? And Kimberly's like, I don't know. Like that was like, <laughs> that was. <laughs> And but then like the next day we found like the secret was like as soon as you wake up you run the dog you know as much as you oh. can and that made the biggest difference. Get all so the I feel like out early in the morning or that yeah. early morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we're over the hump and now the, it's it's been good the last couple of days and Kimberly's been I'm like you're a good mom. Mm -hmm. You know. So yeah. So, I, so I know some humans that need that they wake up in the morning and I'm like listen you have too much energy you need to go yeah, take no, that somewhere. All right. Wind down some. <laughs> yes. Bring it down. Yeah, bring it down. <laughs> anything, Brandy? You have anything? anything so cool I don't. Today? So I don't have anything interesting that happened to me this week. But I did want to mention something that I think is really interesting and that our audience would like. So Pride Month is in June, and um, besides looking for really cute Pride outfits that then led me down this rabbit hole of flight attendant outfits. I'm going to stay on topic and talk about that. <laughs> it's like a flight whole rabbit hole. Pride flight attendant outfits. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, just anyway, it was, it was a, you know, it was a lovely time and my card is way too full, but, um, but Lego <laughs> announced a new pride themed um, set that's titled everyone is awesome, which is kind of like a spinoff title from a song from the Lego movie. If anyone's watched that, everything movie. Um, yeah, and it's called Everyone is Awesome, and um, they release it on yeah. June 1st, and they don't have like a pre-order button, but I've already set a notification in my phone to remind me when to order it, and they're going to sell it for around $35, and so I'm just going to read like their little paragraph on to describe what it is, um, and it says the set features a modern incarnation of the LBGQ plus flag that includes stripes for trans transgender people and people of color. The figures are designed to not have a specific gender, except for the purple figure, which is meant to represent drag queens. And so, yeah, that's wonderful. 
And um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that with everyone. Oh, cool. You know, and I, I noticed the other day in Target, they have a whole pride section where you can buy all kinds of pride yes. t-shirts and stuff. So it, it's really has come a long way, you know, to have yeah. Legos and Target. And I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, it is. So it we're is. getting there. there. It's on a cereal box, I think. Something about, you know, you can choose he, she, them, they. And then it says something like, um, people aren't mixed for bo- mint. People aren't meant for boxes. Cereal is. And I was like, oh, you know, so yeah, companies are kind of coming around slowly, but surely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it also said that they haven't publicly announced how much of the money from the set will go to charities, but they usually donate 25% to the Lego Foundation from every sale that they do. But um, we'll see if where this money actually might go to in addition yeah. to that. But cool. Yeah. So it sounds great. Yeah, it does. It does. Did you all hear about the um, controversy at Pride Parades? I have not. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't know. So apparently there's a controversy about like kink-oriented things and um, leather people being included in Pride Parades. And some people don't like that um, because they think that's not okay or they don't want their kids around that. So there's this controversy because, of course, kind of kinky leather people are like, this is who we are. And also, this is a part of queer history. So you really Mm. can't deny that. Mm. Yeah. Would would that not just be like a balance of like if you're the parent of trying? I mean, I I like to think that most people – who are going to go to pride parade know that they might see some things like along what you're saying. Right. And, and I guess maybe, maybe not, maybe that's the issue is they go to, the, they go to the pride parade and then they see something that they weren't expecting. But I was going to say like, wouldn't you no, just I use feel like parental they... judgment and decide right. like, are, are my exactly. kids ready? And if I'm not sure, maybe I err on the side of like, well, we'll go next year. I feel like they know what's coming and there's going to be, kinky leather people there because they're talking about it now like this is an issue so So they just don't want them like included um, because they want a family friendly pride right right or some people it sounds like are just like kink shaming essentially Mm, yeah you know when i was a kid so many of the bands i listened to especially the vocalists in the bands were, were gay or queer Right. And I think in the like early 80s and stuff like that, you weren't always able to say that. So I'm sure in the band, they always knew, you know, but but it wasn't necessarily public knowledge. And I remember specifically Judas Priest and they had Rob, Rob Halford, who was like the lead singer. And he dressed up as like the leather daddy and he'd be out there, you know, singing. And I love their music. Can you say and stuff that like name that. again? I got to make a little note. to look. Rob up. Halford. I think it's what. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and, and I mean, so he was like right out front, you know, singing and kind of using it as, I don't know, not, it was not as a gimmick. It was like, that was his actual lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so he's like presenting it, you know? So of course my dad sees this guy and he's like, oh, that guy looks like he's queer, you know? Well, you know, I I didn't know. And I didn't really care as a kid. And I thought my dad is like, you can't tell just because the guy's wearing leather or whatever. My point being like if you take your kids and they're too young to kind of understand some of this stuff, it's like you could probably, if you're not ready for whatever, it's like you could probably explain half of it away. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, those people are crazy, having a lot of fun. You know, that's what they're, that's what this is about. And, I, you know, it doesn't, just because you see something doesn't have to be like, oh my God, kids, cover your eyes. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I, I, so I guess I'm on the side of the pride people that are like, yeah, you can express, express the things. It's not necessarily 
Yeah, because it's going to get into a real bad gray area if you start excluding people from pride events and how you would handle that delicately. I don't, I don't see a good um, re- resolution to that. Yeah, right. you know? it would be weird to be like your family. Like, oh, we know hours this is how you are, but that's this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, hey, your kink is a little bit not right for for the rest of us. Like you mm-hmm. know, you you can't be in the pride. That right. would be that's right. the whole that's, against the whole yeah, point of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Kimberly, what a fun topic you bring up. (laughs) This is one of Kimberly's like expertise things, though. She Mm -hmm. does like she's aware of very, I'm going to say, politically conscious of all of these things. Good. And I'll keep you up to date. Lego announcements. This is a great. I love the Lego. Um, (laughs) Sure. Why not? Lego fetishist. (laughs) Randy. Oh my gosh! Lay on like a whole floor Legos. What? What? That'd be torture, wouldn't it? If you had to stand on them or kneel or stand, on them. Oh, kneel oh, on now them. you want to do that. Oh, Ooh. man. Uh, oh, kind of. Oh, right. Hey. I've never kneeled on Legos. <laughs> you never know till you try it. Wait, are you serious? You never kneeled? The way you said that was like you have kneeled no, on Legos. No, I've never kneeled on Legos. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I just recently became a Lego fan, so. How did anyway. this Lego thing start? <laughs> I got that Lego kitty set I asked for and for that, Christmas, that and just, my, it took off. And my parents yeah. bought it. And then I had, I could, then I got the Lego bouquet because I like flowers. I'm like, I can have flowers every day of the year if I build this, which I haven't. And you now really I'm are new. Then you're like a Lego into slut. This, like, yeah, yeah, you a are. <laughs> I was gonna say Lego whore, well, but yeah, you're too. Like, oh, I have to have more Legos. More, like, give me all the Legos. I mean, You're I have a notification in my phone to buy Legos. It's, like an addiction. It's a great, yeah, it's yeah. a great, yeah. So that was only like a month or so ago. Huh? Right? When you had oh, the first Christmas. with the cat set. It I got it for Christmas. Christmas. You did? Okay. Yeah. And so okay. then I put it together finally. And then the bouquet that I forgot that I had pre-ordered when it first came out. I remember. Showed up. Shipped and showed up. And so, Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into our topic today. Okay. Um, empowerment, sexual empowerment in particular. All empowerment is good. Sexual empowerment, more fun to talk about. Okay. Um, so I wanted to start off in, in some respects, like talking about like the problem. Okay. So the problem is that some people uh, are maybe are a little bit powerless for whatever reason. Okay. So, you, you know, you have, if you're empowered, what's the opposite? You know, you're, you're, that you're powerless, I guess is the right word uh, for it. So I wanted to start off and kind of talk a little bit about that and how it feels. And I think everybody's experienced this in some form or fashion. So like Kimberly or Brandy, have, have you guys ever had times where you wanted something, whether it was like sex or kink or a relationship and, and not been able to get it? And, oh, and how did that, how did that feel? Kimberly, you go first. Oh, thanks. Just throw you're me so welcome. There. um usually i guess usually i haven't had like an issue with the sex or um kink stuff but more on the relationship side sure like i've had people break up with me or people be like i'm not interested in dating so so it doesn't feel good right Mm -hmm. and and where you're powerless like they're just like oh i want to leave the relationship and you might not want that and you're like there's nothing i can do except watch Mm -hmm. you up there Mm -hmm. yeah and so how how does that tell us like how that feels i mean it depends on like 
the degree of attachment I had to the person. And so how long I've been with the person, how deep the relationship was and that sort of thing. Was it vanilla or kink or whatever? Um, so, I mean, it can feel very just sad and, um, I guess powerless is, is an interesting choice of words that you used. I wouldn't have thought about it like that, but that's true. So, so go, I'm being the therapist now. Tell me more. Like how, like about, I really want to get this. Like, what is it? What are the feelings Like, go deeper? Uh, so I used to be a therapist, but I'm not really good with my own feelings. So I think, okay, I'll give an example. (laughs) Okay, Brandy. So uh, me and a guy maybe two years ago were just casually seeing each other just casually and we had a good time. Um, and it was it became like more of a scheduled meetup. And so maybe let's say twice a month. But I, but each time we met up, it got like a little bit more serious, um, like still casual-ish, but feelings were developing um, a little bit for me anyway. And then out of nowhere we had had um, a meetup scheduled and he had texted and just said that he didn't think that he could do that anymore um and i completely you know supported that and and was you know that was fine um and then later on he had reached back out and told me why was that he thought maybe he was maybe trying to be more monogamous and had met someone and they were dating and he thought maybe that would go somewhere and he wanted to be true to that. And, and that was fine. But what, um, and we ended up getting back together as a casual thing, but what I was feeling was I was feeling like when he told me that I was confused. I was like, cause I'm usually the the person that will develop feelings later than the other individual or individuals. And so it had me questioning, did I misread something? Where did I go wrong to think that this maybe was developing into something more than it was? And yeah, there was, I mean, it, it, it wasn't a fun feeling to have, but, um, and honestly, that was the first time I'd ever had someone say that to me. So yeah, it was, it made me reflect on like, did I read something wrong? It made me question the the relationship and and how it had developed but did it make you question yourself yeah it made me question if i miss it made me question if i like misread things or if i had more feelings than him or if there was some confusion yeah okay but now that's maybe between the relationship maybe you misread the relationship but what about yourself did it make you start to self have self-doubt about yourself of who you are Well, it made me doubt my ability to maybe read other people some when I thought that, you know, in that particular situation I could. So, yeah, it made me doubt those abilities about myself. But not necessarily like I'm less likable or less lovable. No, mm -mm, because I know I'm awesome. No, I'm just kidding. No, (laughs) I really don't. There may be. I don't don't spiral down to that. That's good. Very much. And and I think that's like, I'm going to say self-resiliency, if that's the right word. You know, I mean, but, I guess so, I was just able to twist it into like I appreciated his honesty and candidness and that he told me as soon as he felt otherwise. And I was like, thank you for not wasting my time. Yeah. You know, okay. so. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw this out there. I suspect other people might go through that and, you know, get I'm just going to say get dumped multiple times, you know, or not understand why. To me, there's there can be a 
level of frustration. I mean, this has not ever happened to me, other people, not me, level of frustration or self-doubt and things like that, where, you know, even like just conflict, internal conflict. And I guess my, the first thing that comes to my mind is again, learning about myself being kinky. And then uh, with my first marriage, trying to talk to her about it or just, but, you know, testing the waters a little bit here and there and just trying to figure out like, how do I do this? How do I start to have these conversations? And it literally took years, you know, and then Mm -hmm. in the end it just, it didn't work, Mm -hmm. you know, like that conversation crashed and burned too. Mm -hmm. So, so that was bad. But I do remember like the, with it taking years, it was like, there was frustration was like the right word. You know, and it was, it was, that, that was hard. Um, Kimberly, you want to add anything, I guess, to that though, with like, I mean, your experiences, did you ever have any real bad kind of self-doubt or anything like that because of stuff probably. that was out, you know, things that are out of your control probably? Yeah. Okay. So let's just say that that's sort of the problem, you know, that sometimes right. things are out of your control and it can leave you in a really bad kind of position and it can even make you, I'm going to say question yourself or, or kind of where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did look up the Oxford dictionary. Mm-hmm. They had powerless. De- the definition of powerless was without ability, influence, or power. And I kind of found those words were interesting because it's mm-hmm. like, especially influence and power. We think of that as like either, you know, um, I don't know. I, t- I start to think of like somebody who, has power is going to have like money you know you might be rich right. you might have influential contacts or something like that or connections you know and then that that kind of creates power so powerlessness is not having any stuff um so what what is it like when you don't have the skills or the knowledge and t- that you know to obtain the things in life that you want so this doesn't necessarily have to be kink it could be even like career-wise or something but when you realize like I, I would like to do this, but I do not have the knowledge or the skill set to be able to do it. How does that feel? Or maybe uh, it's some other kind of issue outside of your control. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with internal aspects, but external. So like I, maybe I want to do something, but I don't have the finances to do it. Do mm-hmm. it. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking money, relationships, sex, power, safety. You know, those things sometimes, and safety is an interesting one, you know, because it's like, yeah, we all want to be safe. And sometimes like when that's not in your control, you feel very vulnerable and you kind of realize like how risk at how at risk you are. So um, you guys have any suggestions on like coping with stuff like that? You know, when you're in that kind of situation. Hmm. There you go, folks. We do not have any suggestions for you whatsoever well, when you're I in the hopeless a, situation. I, I'm a little bit put on the spot. May I think about it and re- review or get back to it later in the podcast, please? Okay. Revisit a- it. Approved by Thank the committee. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, let, let's move on. Let's talk about empowerment then. And then, yeah, Brandy, if you think of anything. But the point is, like, it can suck because you can realize mm-hmm. either stuff happens, it's out of your control, or you might literally really want something but you're mm-hmm. you're not ready for it like you just don't have the skill set or like Kimberly said you don't have the money for it you know mm-hmm. and so then there's that's like a barrier and that mm-hmm. that that can be really kind of hard so yeah it doesn't feel good to feel limitations on when you want things whatever right. aspect of life that is for you yeah right um, so i wanted to sort of mm-hmm. set that as like a, a ground level for this discussion of like what you know mm-hmm. really what is empowerment and what what can we do ultimately to kind of help help other people and help ourselves with with it um 
the Oxford Dictionary. Looking up the definition there, you know about like what is empowerment, and they kind of flip the opposite, of course, and they use the same words. They said the authority or power given to somebody to do something. Hmm. Which really, that's like when we started trying to come up with like the, the intro for the podcast, you know, it's like, we're here to help you do what you want in and out of the bedroom. And it's like the same thing. It's like a, almost like just very generic. Like we're here to help you do stuff like, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of it, you know, but that is what the empowerment is. And then you can put it into whatever terms. So then I thought like, well, what is sexual empowerment? I want to really want that definition. So I looked that up in the Oxford Dictionary and it says nothing at oh. all. And I found that kind of interesting. Do we get to form a, a term and definition to submit to the Oxford Dictionary? Maybe, oh, maybe. So, so, so when I did it, when I started looking through it, the best one that I found that I really kind of liked was actually kind of researchgate.net, which I think might be like for research papers. You know, if mm -hmm. you're trying to do research to find like which research papers are on these topics, I think that's the kind of site that it it is okay but they this is their definition so sexual empowerment is understood as the multi-dimensional process comprising of a variety of attitudes and behaviors including among others having a healthy body image accepting and validating one's own sexual desires feeling that one has the right to express one's sexuality having expectations of sexual pleasure recognizing and being clear about one's own sexual desires being able to communicate these desires to a partner and refusing unwanted sexual contact and using contraceptives effectively. That, huh. That's pretty good. I thought like that was really, yeah. detailed, you know, and so I'm going to kind of recap it. It talks about body image, uh, you, you acknowledging that you have sexual desire, that you have the right to express your sexuality and have sexual pleasure and, Again, uh, sexual desire and communicate those desires to the partner. And you're also allowed to say no, you know, and use contraception. Yeah. So I thought that that was very thorough. So come on, Oxford, get on it. You know, yeah. put something in there. I'm really glad they put the contraception part in there because, yeah, that, that makes sense to be part of sexual empowerment is being able it, to. It is. And that would not have occurred to me. Me either until you read yeah, it. I was and like, that's oh, a huge of course. One. Yeah. But, and I think that's maybe generation, because if you go back mm -hmm. to the 70s, I bet you people would have been like, yes, you know, the pill mm -hmm. and condoms, and all that. That's a mm -hmm. huge part just to say like no to, you know, unwanted pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, that's great. So uh, why I, I want to hear from, I guess, each of you, why do you think empowerment is important? It, sexually, you mean? We're still on kind of that specific... Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk. Well, let's talk. Yes. Both. Okay. I think, I think if you talk about sexual empowerment, you're going to also be covering empowerment in general. Right. Well, so I that's think it's what better. I, was... I think more people in, that are listening are going to be interested in sexual empowerment. So I think it's a better topic for us to focus on for specifics. So yeah. What, what do you so think? I feel like, um, sexual, my sexuality and sex is a big part of my life for me personally and so to feel feel like I'm fulfilled and like a whole kind of integrated person then I feel like I need to be sexually empowered mm -hmm. so I'm going to ask you again as a therapist to go on I'm not a <laughs> therapist I'm a pretend therapist um to like tell me more about like to be fulfilled like what is the like what are you trying to get out of it why, why again why I want to know why it's important so what do you how is it fulfilling to you and 
I think to be able to express your needs and wants and desires with one person or multiple people in order just to live your most authentic and happy self, sexually speaking, is um, empowerment. And alone can just be both mentally and physically and emotionally um, healthy. Because if you're not able to to find that empowerment, um, you can begin to feel a little heavy and bogged down and, you know, repressed a little bit. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you mentioned, you said the word authentic, mm-hmm. you know, which again, and I know we've talked in the past like with Navi, Navi Bliss about, uh, you know, auth- living authentically and stuff. And I think this is linked to that, you know, that if you're mm-hmm. not sort of living authentic, if you're not able to be yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and be that in front of other people, mm-hmm. I think that that has, like you're saying, Brandy, I think it has impacts. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, even if you don't want to, and even if you sort of protect yourself, it's like just, you know, being restricted, I'm going to say in some mm-hmm. ways. So, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed like with, this is a little bit off topic, but I feel like it's related, but with like the the welcome munch that we would do for our local club and, and meeting people that are kind of new and coming into the community. Okay. That a lot of times what brings them out in the very first place is that they want this really kind of, you know, they're going to go to a sex club. It's going to be this really cool experience. And they are, you know, very often they're nervous about it and they don't know what to expect. And so what we do is try to make it, you know, safe and like nothing's going to happen and you don't want to happen, you know, and, um, that's a lot of what we do. Okay. But people are coming out for this kind of sexy, fun, you know, exciting, edgy kind of night. And then what, what we know as like the munch hosts is that you're going to come out, you're going to meet people, but then you're going to feel this real connection with, I think a lot of the people here that is freeing, you know, that you can be yourself. And we talk about this all the time and every, you know, if you go to a different place, a different club, different venue or something like that, and you start talking to people, they're like, well, yeah, like, you know, here we are, we're all able to be ourselves in front of each other, but you can't necessarily be that out in like kind of the regular, I'm going to say vanilla world, Mm -hmm. the workplace or whatever. You always are like a little bit guarded, you know, or something like that. So there's this huge, there's a difference. And mm-hmm. I think when you first come out, you're, you know, that first night, you're not aware of that. You're not necessarily aware of like, maybe that you carry sort of a little bit of a weight on your shoulders. And then I think we, as, as the hosts for the events, one of the things that motivates us is we, we sort of know like, okay, if you stick around and if you meet people and kind of become friends with people, that weight is going to kind of go off your shoulders. You're going to get to beat yourself and it trickles down into all these other kind of aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, that's a really big deal. And I really think that's the reason that the group of us who, who are uh, welcome hosts, I think that's one of the big motivators for us is that we really enjoy seeing that with, Mm -hmm. with other people. And so, yeah, it's a sense of community is to me, that's the reason that people stay, you Mm -hmm. know, you can't, um, I don't know. And for someone that And for someone that hasn't really tapped into that empowerment um, within themselves yet, to be around a community that um, really promotes that and encourages that and welcomes and supports and maintains that really allows them to then delve into that more for themselves. And that is absolutely, you know, beautiful to see when someone has that experience happen because of the community. And I, I kind of define it as freedom. Like all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have the freedom to be yourself. And then it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not that you're tolerated. It's that people really like you for the, mm-hmm. that thing that makes you special, you know? And it's like, they might not be into the same thing as you are, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, we all kind of, 
share this, I don't know, it feels like this big umbrella, you know, and we're mm -hmm. all, we all recognize that, you know, all the different people that are under here that might be a little bit different from us in this way or that way, we're all kind of like in this together. But the mm -hmm. nice thing is we're able to be ourselves. Yeah. I'm going to share a little story real quick. So Please. one of my favorite things when I go to the local club here, cause about 80% of the time I just attend, um, and don't play and I go solo and you have your people that haven't been attending very much yet and they're new or just aren't there often. So they don't know that I'm a part of like the management team and on the education committee and, you know, have my hands on all that stuff. And they will, you know, approach me and begin talking. And you can just tell that they have never told anyone what they're telling me. And they are so excited. I mean, borderline frenzy, but like in an adorable <laughs> and in, in so endearing way. And it always reminds me of me having that same experience years ago. And mm -hmm. I absolutely love that when people don't, you know, and it's great anyway. It's always great to see. And, and I, I think with WEC welcoming, people always say like everybody here is really friendly because mm -hmm. I think we all remember our first experiences, yeah. you know, of coming out there. And and it, that was a big deal. Yeah. You know, so I think we're all really happy to kind of pass that along. So mm -hmm. Brandy has the biggest smile. Everybody oh, my God. I it. love it. It's so endearing. Yeah. I'm like, welcome. It's great. Yeah. It's nice. Kimberly, do you have anything or any kind of memories, you know, as far as like, as you're, you know, coming out into the community or just even in a different situation where you're becoming more sexually empowered and more authentic in your life? Because I know you were, you've always sort of been kinky. You've kind of always known this aspect, but as you've kind of gone through and like grown, do you have those kind of like growth memories? Um, I think that the thing that comes to my mind is maybe um exploring my interest in women um was definitely a growth thing for me and so first you know you're like kind of coming out to yourself like realizing like i have interest in you know um people who are the same gender as i and then exploring that and that can be really empowering and that's a huge growth thing and then in terms of coming out for kink it's i was like oh i have to think about that because it's been what 8 years um, and that was just, I don't know. I never thought about kink in like, oh, that's weird and shameful sort of way. Um, before coming out, I mean, I was just like, sure. I didn't know this was a thing that there was like a whole mm -hmm. club and community. I just mm -hmm. did this in the bedroom and like, that is just that. And it was just how it was. But, um, once I was finding out there is more out there, then I was really excited. And of course I've grown like in the community as a person, exploring different kinks, becoming more empowered because of the community. Um, but I don't know that my first experience coming out was this huge, um, big deal, except to realize that there is this community of people just because. I feel like for me personally, kink wasn't something that was like this hidden part of my life. Um, I mean, I didn't just go around talking about it with anyone, of course, like, but my friends were, if we talked about sex, I'm like, sure, I, I do this, whatever, in the bedroom, no big deal. 
Well, that's good. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you have an interesting kind of background, at least to me, because it is, you, you had a little bit more freedom to talk to the people around you, I think, you know, which is great. And that's like, that's some of us come from that background. Some of us don't, because some of us come from the opposite where we, you know, we're mm-hmm. kind of isolated in that, in that regard. But I still think from what I kind of heard you say, it's like, yeah, you still kind of go through it. Everybody's got their story, I think, of going through growth, you know, and how that feels and, and the changes that occur. But, you know, again, the trickle down that because you're able to kind of, it all, again, it goes back to the being authentic. You know, when you start to be able to be authentic, you, you, uh, I'm, try, I'm not sure how to exactly say it. It's like, this sounds so dumb, but it's like, you know, you stand up a little bit taller, you speak a little bit, you know, more confident about what you want. You ask for things. And I think that makes a big difference. You want to say something, Brandy? No, no, that's a, a great way to describe it. I was going to say, and if you are around people that aren't prepared for that version of you, that can be very like scary and unsettling from, for them because they haven't seen you, um, empowered right so i think it's worth acknowledging that as well as while you're finding your empowerment which is great um, people around you also might need some help along the way yeah yeah yes yeah um and also i'll just add it's really nice to be in this together you know i think that's one of the great things about like our group and our community is stuff like that is that you're not alone you know and you have support and we all we all really are there for each other and it's really nice Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the other things I started thinking about as I was getting some notes together today was uh, Mas- Maslow. How do you say this, Kimberly? Mas- Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think it's Maslow. Maslow. I'm, I'm really bad with. I mean, people make fun of me because I'm like always pronouncing things wrong. You know this. So why did you pick me? <laughs> you want me to? I can Google it because you're it's the like Maslow. Maslow. Ma- I don't remember. Maslow. Okay, I think it's Maslow. M A S L O W is how you spell okay. it. Okay, and he was a psychiatrist. I guess I'm not exactly sure what his background. He was in psychology. Okay, so he comes out with like five levels, a hierarchy of needs. So let me say these, and a lot of people I think probably have heard these, but for those who do not know them, so in the very base level, it's like you have to have these physiological needs. So you have to have air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, uh, reproduction. You know, those are like base level things that people need. And then if you have those things, then you start to kind of go up to the next level and start to work on like the other things that are going to benefit you. So those he's got his safety needs. So that's like your personal security, employment, different resources, health, and maybe property. And then as those things, as you're acquiring those and those kind of get settled in and established, then you really start to work on the next level, which is love and belonging. And that's friendship, intimacy, family, and having the sense of connection. Um, The next step up uh, would would be working on like your own self-esteem, respect, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And then at the very top of his of this pyramid, so this is, I should say, this is a pyramid. So at the bottom, it's like you need lots of these uh, physiological needs, the air, food, water. At the top, what most people would want is self-actualization, the desire to become the most that one can be. Hmm. So that's really kind of an interesting thing. And, and that, I think, would kind of almost get into maybe like meaning of life, you know, which I think my, my version of meaning of life is like we all have to make it up. You know, we, we, there, there's not an exact meaning of life and it's like, what do you want it to be for your particular life? And, you know, you have to find the meaning, I guess, in that. So I think that's, I 
feels so right, you know, to kind of fit in with, I think what he's trying to do is, you know, what is your self-actualization, the desire to be the most that you can be. So I started to think about like sexual empowerment. How does that relate to this? Okay. So in the sense of like at the very bottom, you have air, food, water, these physiological needs. It's like, you have to have that stuff before you care about sexual empowerment. But what, what are your all's thoughts? Kimberly, uh, you probably know this better than anybody, but at, with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sexual empowerment, how would that maybe fit into some of these other ones? Like safety, love and belonging, esteem, self-actualization. So isn't it all kind of like tied together in some of those, um, like you have to feel safe, right? Well, we we're kind of talking about this already. You have to f- have those needs filled first, but then... I don't know. It's like the, the bottom layer <laughs> with the psychological I don't know. Like the- That's just the basic of it is you have to know, you have to have these things where you have those things and mm-hmm. that fits in there at some point. Because I think the thought is, let's say with the bottom tier, the psychological needs, which is air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, and reproduction, you're not going to care about the tier three love and belonging, which is friendship and family and sense of connection. If you don't have water, food and shelter. So it's almost each tier builds upon itself into an actual pyramid. And it's like, you can't achieve the one above you successfully and maintain it um, as best as possible without the, the tier below it being. Yeah. But it's not this high theory thing. I mean, it's just, pretty simple i feel like <laughs> okay so here's what, I don't know here's what, what I started, you want me to say no that's fine this is what i started to think about it like how does sexual empowerment relate to these okay and i kind mm-hmm. of felt like so it's sexual empowerment really doesn't have anything to do with like the, the bottom one psychological needs you know, mm-hmm. and i don't think it really has a whole lot to do with safety you know you have to be safe first but then i was like yeah okay so if you work on sexual empowerment then i think you're hitting the top three i think you're working on love and belonging you're working on your esteem and respect and i guess your status and you're working Mm -hmm. on the self-actualization so Mm -hmm. in, in some ways i was just thinking like okay that kind of to me implies like the sexual empowerment thing is a big topic that is worth focusing on you know, it is worth trying to achieve that or get better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I think, what I was kind of picking up on this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was interesting to me that it would be in th- sort of, to me, three categories. Because I think, like you're saying, Brandy, that's not necessarily the intent of the way this is written. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seemed like it has aspects of, you know, sexual empowerment has aspects in in some of the multiple categories, but they're all the upper ones. But I think they're right really- because if, if, if the third, third, third tier is love and belonging and you don't feel like you belong, then it's going to be hard for you to feel freedom, which is the fourth tier and self-esteem mm-hmm. and recognition and strength. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if you don't feel esteem, then it's going to be difficult to then reach the top tier, which is self-actualization. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it it really makes sense to me that it stacks upon itself. Yeah. So then this this was another thought that's related to this. Okay, is like okay. So if you you know being rich, okay, what's more important? Is it more important to be powerful or rich or to be your authentic, you know, sexually empowered self? And I tra- I started mm-hmm. to kind of think about this a little bit. Okay, so being rich, I think rich would probably fall under the category maybe of safety, but maybe not maybe maybe it's not rich maybe it's like no you need to be financially stable that's your safety and you know rich is like a bonus 
you know, kind of thing. Okay. Right. Because so, if you're financially stable, you can take care of your psychological needs like water, air, food, shelter. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So what are your all thoughts though with like sexual empowerment related to say, for example, being rich or, or being powerful? How, what is, is sexual empowerment more important does it have more effect on like how, who you are as a person and how you're going to relate to yourself and think about yourself? If I were rich or just in general? Comparing, like if uh, you were, would you rather be sexually empowered? Sexually empowered. Versus rich. Okay. And because I mean, well, okay. If you are rich, then you're automatically, it's almost, if you will, you skip two tiers, right? You're automatically through to the third tier Mm -hmm. because you're assured the second, the first and the second, the bottom two. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a fast pass, if you will, towards the third tier. It can be. Whereas other people privilege in that sense. Yeah. So other people have to struggle to meet the first and second tier before they can get to the third. And so I can see that making you get to the empowerment stage quicker so here, here, here's a thought. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking like, okay, you have to be financially stable. If you're not financially stable, I don't think you're going to care about sexual empowerment. You know, you're right. going to be like, I have to take care of myself first, you know, and get food in my mouth. Mm-hmm. But I, I, my f- gut feeling though, was like the sexual empowerment part, because it hits on these, these top three. Um, if, if you had to kind of pick between getting to be yourself and people liking you for who you were or being rich, which means like them not liking who you are, you know, not getting to be yourself. If you had to compare the two, oh. I, my oh, feeling is okay. like, it's probably more, I think, mo- and I want to hear what you guys think. I think more people would say like, oh, I would rather get to be myself and be comfortable with myself sure. and have my voice and all that than to be, be rich, you know, or yeah, be very sure. powerful. You, you, you all feel like that's true. True. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Well, so, so I think that's kind of a big deal. You know, because like so often in our culture, we look at like, well, what am I going to do to get ahead? And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I need to make more money or I need to get power so that I can then, you know, if if I'm powerful, I can go buy any prostitute that I want, you know, and I can pay all this money (laughs) and I want. But the point is like, yeah, you can do that. But I don't know that that is you're not necessarily empowered. I don't think you have the same feelings with that. And I think that's what I was trying to do. You're just using your resources. Yeah. What you would like. Yeah. Which I don't know is empowerment, the the what the top we're talking about. Yeah, I don't I don't think it is. I think in mm-hmm. empowerment, sex the sexual empowerment is, is going hand in hand with being authentic. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, being authentic is super important to people. You know, I think that's a really mm-hmm. big goal. You know, and I feel like with the three of us, you know, yeah, we're in a position where I think we're allowed to be more authentic than most people, but I think we're still working on it. You know, we're mm-hmm. still growing. We're still finding new aspects about ourselves. So it's, I think, mm-hmm. something that's like always a work in progress. Um, but it's, you know, I think it it makes a big difference in people's lives. And that is one of the things I wanted, my feeling, why this topic is kind of so important for, for us yeah. going through today. So, so are we getting into like, how do you go about um, if you're struggling in this journey of sexual empowerment? Like, how do you go about... Um, growing. Yes. Hold that thought for one second. That is okay. where, that's where I want to end. That's where I want to end. Uh, so one other thought that I had too, was like, you know, Hey, we're social creatures. I love evolution, you know, and as we are, you know, the way we're designed, okay. Is that, you know, we care about other people. 
like we, we we're a social species and we need other people and we recognize that and therefore we're willing to risk our lives and, you know, we're going to work as a group or as a, what do you call it? A team or a clan, you know, whatever you want to kind of sort of say, you know, and again, that the meaning of that life is, uh, to me, is like, it's what you want to make out of it, but you've got to find something that is sort of valuable to you. Again, my gut feeling, I'm not going to say this very well, is like the person that is out there that doesn't have a community by choice. Like if they're a solo person and that's, they don't care about people. Okay. They're, they're not necessarily contributing to anything. They're not necessarily giving to others. They're not necessarily giving to society or friends. Okay. And it's like, I try to imagine like, well, how, how do they feel? And this is probably not a very good thought, but it's just sort of like, I, I don't come up with a whole lot of like really good feelings. You know, I think they could like almost envision like, well, I'm a drain on society because I try to take things from other people mm-hmm. and I'm not contributing. And I mm-hmm. think that could have really kind of detrimental psychological results. Mm-hmm. You know? And so the point I'm trying to make here and also hear from what you guys think is that I think it's really important that we feel valuable, that we're able to give to friends and family. And that, that is, you know, we can't just tell ourselves like, I'm good enough. Like there's nothing Mm -hmm. behind that to prove Mm -hmm. it, you know? And I think if you just tell yourself that you're not going to believe it, you know, I Mm -hmm. think you have to have the external proof. You have to have friends and family and other people come back and actually show you that they think you're valuable. Mm -hmm. And when they show you, then I think you, you, you kind of recognize it. So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. So point being, I think you have to give stuff. You have to give to your community. You have to give to other people, those around you, friends, family, in order to kind of really notice your your own sort of self-worth and your own value. Now, what what do you all think about that? And poke holes in it if you if you want. Yeah, I'm gonna give a quick example because this is pretty recent for me, but um, and it's it's not related to kink, but it'll tie into the story I think or the topic. So back in February in Nashville, we had a a pretty bad ice storm that was unexpected and and more um, substantial than anyone thought it would be. And so where I live, there's a hill. There's two hills you have to to leave to exit um, the area, and I couldn't get to work that entire week. Every day I woke up, tried to leave, my car got stuck and I came back. And by the end of that week, my mental health was really suffering because I realized how much value I got from caring for others and being of, you know, acts of service and being helpful and useful. Um, And that was really eye opening to be like, of course, you know, I'm there to help people, but they give me so much more value than I feel like I probably give them. And so that was, I'll just share that because I think it applies. That's, I I appreciate it. I think that's a really good, very good example. Mm -hmm. You guys have suggestions for ways listeners can give other sexual or relational empowerment. So what are things people can do to give other people, to help other people feel empowered? So Brandy, as an example, you as a nurse, Mm -hmm. you're in there, you're, you're, you're doing your nursing stuff. You're taking mm-hmm. care of people, okay? But you're also trying to get them better. You're empowering mm-hmm. them, we'll say, in that regard, mm-hmm. okay? So what are mm-hmm. things, like, we as, you know, let's say we feel great about ourselves, okay? But it's like, what can we do to give to others? Because, again, I think if we give to others, we're going to start to really feel the empowerment is going to grow within ourselves at the same time. Right. So do you all yeah. have suggestions for people? Um, 
Well, I, are you talking about for people that are already empowered and how to help facilitate with Anybody. that with others? Or with, well, I'm going to say for people that um, haven't really uh, embraced all their empowerment yet, but they're interested in it, is to find your community. Find somewhere that has an open, inclusive environment where you can just talk about um, sexual stuff because we live in a society where that is not a normal topic most of the time. And so if you can just find either a community or group of people um, where you just feel simply comfortable talking about sex and the topic, then that will slowly get you comfortable discussing it. And then you can kind of build up from there. Okay, but that's yeah, not that's easy good. just to kind of talk about um, sex like it's an everyday thing. Like that takes some effort and uncomfortableness at first for, for mm-hmm. some people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what if you wanted to help empower me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've never to, thought yeah, help of others get totally I think that's, Well, I mean, that's a more interesting topic for me, but um, I had not really ever thought about it like in terms of, yeah. Um, if I'm helping other people empower themselves sexually, then I'm feeling more comfortable and better about myself. But that totally makes sense. I feel like um, I kind of do that because I teach intro classes for the mark, um, mm-hmm. specifically a lot of times welcome to play. And I feel like that is really helping facilitate people um, growing and finding out about kink and figuring out what they want and and just being exposed through the language alone sure sure Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's one way like i personally help others um kind of just basically and i also think like in with that same line of thought kimberly when you were presenting information like that as in a like casual way and you seem so comfortable doing it and it's like not a big hang up for you that also puts other people at ease to then be able to share more Mm -hmm. you know just creating the environment of ease and comfort can go a long way for people that are still working on their empowerment sure Okay, that was good. I had to I feel like I had to coax that out of you a little bit, Kimberly. My question really was not so much about yourself, like your own empowerment, okay. but it's like what can you do to help others feel empowered? Empowered, okay. But I think, and what, like you said, if when you're doing that, when you're helping others, like that helps you too. You know, I you mean, kind of yeah. you feel it as well, right? I feel like being non-judgmental is really mm-hmm. key in that, and really being open to whatever the person is talking to you about. So. um, really just being non-judgmental and interested and kind of affirming that whatever they feel they're into that's fine that's cool you know just affirming that goes a long way to kind of help empower people sexually mm-hmm. yeah and even if you're particularly not into what they're talking about or what type of sexual empowerment they are trying to you know if it's not your kink or whatnot just being around that excitement from someone is intoxicating and you can just feel joy from them being able to express that and see how happy they are when they talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does make me remember like discovering different kinks that I wasn't aware of um, before coming into the community. And so it kind of rubs off on you and you kind of think, Oh yeah, I remember the first time I did this and I remember the first time I did that. And that was really cool too Mm -hmm. for growing and also just having new experiences. Okay. Okay. 
Thank you. That, that, that was great. Um, I started to think about this this afternoon, okay? And I came up with sort of a list, okay? Because I thought like, you know, what are some things oh, we can tell people? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember, Brandy, back in the day when we kind of first started talking about like attraction and stuff like that. And I know you mm -hmm. covered a section where you were talking about like, um, you know, like figuring out like what are the attractive traits that you have? And values, yeah. Yeah, and values. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is going to be, I'm, I want to really leave people with like, here's a great, I'm going to say huge in my mind, list of things you can do to help other people that is going to make you super motherfucking attractive. Okay. So Ooh. very often I think people are like, I think it's a very common thought like, well, I don't necessarily have, like, I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a cool car. It's like, you know, what is attractive about me? What do I have to offer people? Because that's another thing we've talked about in the past. What do I have to offer people? And it can be really hard to come up with stuff. Okay. So just think about this, everybody. Um, flirting. One of the things I realized uh, in, so, you know, my first marriage got married and it was like, okay, that's it. You know, no more flirting, not going to do that. And at a certain point, and I don't remember what or why, but uh, I realized like flirting is important and I really don't think we should ever stop doing it. Okay. Because first off, like flirting does not mean you necessarily want to sleep with somebody. Okay. And as mm -hmm. we talked, it's like flirting is really like admitting that you like somebody. They've done something cool. You like something about them, you know? And so I think that it's important if you're giving, if you're flirting can be, can be you know, in a, in a sexual romantic way, or it can just be like, you know, if you're seeing somebody at the grocery store, it's like, you don't want to come on super hard or anything like that. Okay. But you could still do something that is a little flirty, right? Well, that's what you're doing is you're kind of giving that person a gift. Um, cause you're saying like, I'm noticing this thing that is a value to you. And I like that, you know, you're that the, the flirt is like acknowledging that you like something that is cool about this other person. So it's like, why would we not do that? You know, mm -hmm. and that's where I, for myself, I found like, okay, I've kind of made a mistake of like thinking like, oh, I'm never, you know, I'm married. I'm never, ever supposed to flirt with anybody. And I just mm -hmm. think one, that's not realistic. You know, you mm -hmm. don't have to go flirt with somebody just to get in their pants. You could just do it because they're a cool person, you know, and, but, you know, it's important realizing like that is a gift. You know, if you're pointing out like, hey, you are a cool person, that is mm -hmm. a gift in doing mm -hmm. that. So I just, flirting, I think is, is, is important kind of aspect of who we are as people. Um, paying attention. That's one of the things I want to point out. Paying attention and noticing what is cool about somebody, that's a gift. Okay. So that is empowering. You're, you're noticing something and you're like telling them. So it could be in the form of a compliment. It could be as like, you know, I guess compliments are the easiest one. Like, yeah, I really like the shirt that you've got on. Or I really like, you know, the whatever the image is on the shirt and the political activism that it represents, those kind of things, you know, that you're paying attention or it could be the person's shoes. It could, it's, I'm picking out all these kind of visual things, but you know, noticing, noticing things about the, the other person. So if you're just paying attention, that's a huge gift that mm -hmm. a lot of people do not do or they do not do it well. So, you know, if you're a, a, a listener and you feel like you don't necessarily have a whole lot to maybe give or offer or whatever like that, just it's some of these little things. Okay. Paying attention is a huge one. Listening to people is a big one too. You know, again, we're not very good listeners. We like to talk about ourselves. And if you can do active listening and like pay attention to what they're saying and hear them and, and the other person feels like they're heard, that's a huge gift, you know, and you don't have to go solve every problem, you know, but just, just being able to hear what the other person has to say, hear their story, hear their point of view, whatever. That's, that's a big one. Doing these kind of things is going to help make you attractive. Um, 
and we're sort of working through in some respects these these eight points that we've been talking about on these past past episodes developing trust trust is a huge one it is like i really think it's the very first one that we should have covered trust before we did attraction because if you don't have trust you do not have anything and you have that that's going to be the trick too if you're trying to connect with somebody i think you don't start to attract them i think you really need to start by establishing some trust and some safety you do that first and then once you're you know, a, a, a nice, safe person or something there, then you can work on the attraction type stuff. So developing trust is really like putting yourself in their hands and giving them power over you in some ways, you know, so be careful about how you do it. But you're taking a, a little bit of a risk and you're giving them some power. And, and then when they take care of you and you take care of them, you're going to develop trust. And that doesn't happen in every, it doesn't happen in every relationship, doesn't happen in every like work environment. You know, so developing trust is again, it's, it's a big empowerment thing that you can do because we don't always get that from the people that we're around. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody is attracted to you, then you can also, uh, and you happen to, to show that you like them back, you know, hey, they like me and I like them back that builds value and it builds self-worth, you know, because they took the risk of saying like the Brandy's goes back to you in the beginning where you're like, you, you started to like this person and then you kind of got hurt when they kind of broke things off. Okay. Mm-hmm. Flip side of that is when they like you back, you're like, okay, good. I took the risk mm-hmm. and it was worth it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that builds that trust, but that that's helping to establish, I guess, a relationship. And, um, that that is a gift that again we don't always get with people you know we can get hurt you know Mm -hmm. so if you're able to kind of do these things and if somebody does like you and you're able to show them that you like them back think of it as a gift that they're going to really appreciate it so often we blow these things off we don't Mm -hmm. give them the credit that they deserve and they really are very important i think you know more than this is how you're going to beat out all the other you know quote competition around you is you're going to you're going to be able to do these things for people that others are not able to do or just don't do as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, related to this, I was thinking like conversation skills, negotiation skills, that's some stuff we talked about. And I think they're really important to talk about because they are skill sets. Uh, they're not necessarily a gift on their own, but if you're better at talking about, you know, negotiating or things like that, then I think that helps things go smoother. You know, and it helps, you have to create a, uh, I'm going to say it this way, you have to create a safe environment for people to be able to feel comfortable enough to come up and talk to you about stuff. Mm -hmm. So if if you can't do that, then they're going to play it safe and they're not going to come up to you and they're Mm -hmm. not going to talk about things. So if you've got some of those skills, either for good conversations or how to do the negotiation and make it sort of, you know, look for the win-win and be able to listen to them and go through that whole process, you know, you do that once or twice, and then they're going to feel much more comfortable with approaching you again, and you know about whatever the latest topic is, and and talking about what their, what their wants are and what their desires are. And again, that could be really fun and sexy talking about desires. Mm-hmm. But you know, n- not everybody can do that. You know, and if you're able to, that that's something special. You wait. Really- so isn't this stuff we've already talked about in previous podcasts and isn't this kind of basically what you it get is. out of our free ebook that you can get on our website oh. yes it is so and that is what i think you know again putting all this together i didn't necessarily know that i didn't know i was going to cover all this at the end but like mm-hmm. putting the notes together today i'm like yes all the different topics that we covered really end up they, they really are like different ways to empower you know and and if you do these things well a lot of people don't, you know, and it's 
that's not anybody's fault, you know, but it's like, yeah, if you're able to do these things, my point is don't think of them as like not worth anything. They're, mm. they're, they're mm-hmm. very valuable, you know? And mm-hmm. so often people think like, oh, I've got to look good. I've got to have, you know, big muscles or the sexy body. And I've got to, you know, do this other stuff in order for me, people to like me. And if I don't have that, they're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. And the reality is like, no, if you're able to do these other things, like you're going to, you're going to outshine. Right. Or they focus too much time on the things you just mentioned and they devote no time to like the other qualities outside of looks. And so the looks might get you in the door, but if you don't have anything else to offer after that, you, you've you also wasted your time in terms of right. the time you devoted to the looks and the outfit and all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So these are, these are just great skills and they really are empowering. You know, you're, you're, if you do these things well, you're helping yourself. You're also helping the people around you and those go hand in hand. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, and the, the last one I want to mention, um, is intimacy. And it, this was kind of special. I didn't know this when we first started the podcast, but like intimacy is one of the key things. So one of the studies have shown that like pe- what people really want is not so much about sex, but it's about the intimacy, the people that we're with, those kind of connections. So uh, if you're able to, to do that, and we just, you know, we had a podcast where we talked about intimacy. If you're able to share that intimacy, whether it's like sexual or just maybe interpersonal between two, two people, you know, a little bit of like secret sharing or whatever your connection is, that's, that's deep and that's powerful, you know, and that's, that's the kind of stuff that lasts and, and people remember and really care about. So yeah intimacy and I'm going to say empowerment are really, I feel like what ethical seduction is about and what we're really ultimately trying to, to teach people the skills to develop and have. And if you use these skills, you're going to be able to go get what you want in and out of the bedroom. Yay. That was a lovely summary. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, All right. We'll wrap it up. So as a reminder, thank you all. Um, let me give special thanks again for Navi Bliss for inviting us on her Blissful Love podcast. So again, it's not Blissful Love, but it's a Blissful Love podcast. Um, you can find, I know she's on Spotify and Apple and I think all the other podcast players. And if you want to listen to the episode that we were on, it was the May 25th episode that was titled How to Introduce Kink into Your Relationship with Kimberly, Stephen, Ava, and Brandy from Ethical Seduction. And Blissful Love podcast. If you are listening to this podcast and you are a first time listener and you like it, then hit subscribe. We come out with a new episode every single Friday. You can also follow us at ethicalseduction.com. Um, we have lots of resources. We're you know making blogs when we do these podcasts. We're posting things. We've got videos up there as well. We're starting to work on more YouTube videos. We don't have a lot of really good ones. We had some early stuff that we did, um, which is good. It's long. It's kind of long form like what we're doing here. Some of them are like an hour long. But uh, ethicalseduction.com, good resource, which we're trying to do is have a good library uh, of knowledge for you all. We're also on Instagram where you can see pictures of Brandy's cat and Kimberly's dog and Legos and actual like cool stuff. Lots of of us and lots of food. Yeah. yeah. Right. (laughs) So yeah, it's a mix. It's a mix of like what we care about on Mm. the ethical seduction. And it's a mix of like what we care about in real life. So it's, it's, it's fun. I like to see what you all, I like to see Brandy's cat in her king closet messing with her shoes and stuff and taking a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We'll see what Kimberly's puppy gets into. I know. 
Uh, he's already into leash bondage. I will tell you that. She. Oh, Miss Gender. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Happy Pride, everybody. Happy. So we're on Instagram at Ethical Seduction, and we're on FetLife as Ethical Seduction. We have a Pinterest page. And if you'd like to, if you have a topic, um, you know, shoot it to us. You can email me at steven at ethicalseduction.com. You can do it through FetLife. You're on FetLife too, to shoot us an email. And we also have a voicemail button on the website. Got a real, I'm excited about this coming up. And I don't know if it's going to be next week or not. We got a person reached out to us and had a, a really good kind of in-depth question. And so I'm working on like getting a good response for it for this person and it really is going to be around more a little bit more tailored towards like if you're a submissive man and you're looking for a like a femdom partner oh. how do you find how do you find one and that's yeah. i think is pretty tricky because i think there's a lot more submissive men than there are dominant women so mm. um i am putting together something to try to address that specific mm. group of people yeah. um so, but I think the important part there too is like, even if you're not a submissive, like you, Brandy, you're not a submissive man, not a dominant woman, you know, I still think like the topic and the hearing the different sides from everybody. And I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I, I, I've kind of heard both sides, you know, so I'm okay. trying to pull that together to, mm -hmm. because I think, and that's one of the things of ethical seduction, I think it's really valuable to hear what is the other person thinking? Right. Because we're not always aware of that stuff. And just so. getting new information and informed is always wonderful. So, yeah, right, mm -hmm. right. So I think that's that's one I think, you know, a certain, I'm going to say, subgroup of our listeners uh, are going to really kind of care about. And so I, I really wanted to kind of put that together. So that, I think, might be next week. It's coming up. So it mm -hmm. depends on when we can have have the guests on the show and, and get things worked out. So Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you all. This was... Yeah. Good episode, and I appreciate it. 